Hello, we're back. This is Emily. And this is Matthew. And welcome back to our channel. Okay, so today we're going to be exploring our initial ideas and initial opinions regarding colonialism, attempts to destroy native cultures, and the development of the United States. All right, let's start it off. Okay, so Matthew, how do colonizers colonize and how does that work? Um, colonization is kind of the practice of finding new land to put to use as a city, town, little village, something like that. Depends on how big they want to make it. Colonizing an area generally means that people, a lot of people will go there and make a settlement there. They'll bring over things like supplies and food, and they'll slowly start to build the town from what's ever around them, if they have the resources and the supplies they bring. And they'll make sure to be able to keep fed because they use the food they brought with them until they have a stable agricultural system to sustain themselves. Hmm. So um, what do you think about, um, what are your opinions on what they do if um, there are already people there that live there? Um, it really depends on how badly they want the land and what links they're willing to go. I feel like most of the time if there's people already there, people today would respect that. Right. But people back then, I don't think, respected it that much. So they would most likely take the land anyways. And if the people there got mad, it didn't really matter. They, they'd still take it, and they'd probably try to force them out with the power of whoever's backing their colonization. Right. All right, next question. Okay. Explain why you think America became important to Britain. Um, I think that in the New World, where France, Spain, and Britain were all the main three powers, America was kind of center stage for Britain's uh, main influence there. They were importing and exporting a lot of goods to really help British economy. And since the British were sending over people to defend them, it was really a good investment for the British as well. But um, Britain, Britain really right just then came out of the Seven Year War with them winning, but they became absolutely broke. And that's when they started taxing America higher. And that's when America got mad about it, right? But yeah. America was still buying and exporting a lot of goods between Britain and America. But they didn't pay, like, taxes or duties on them, even though they they were supposed to be. Right. So I feel like if they did that, it'd be a lot less likely that they'd get mad at the taxes and rebel. But it became really important to them because it was the place they worked so hard to defend and busted their economy for. And they're growing in this economy for, to help them with the seven-year war after that. Right. Do you think that um, if it weren't for their import-export um that America wouldn't be as important to Britain? Oh, definitely. Because since America wasn't already, all, mostly all American colonists were not paying taxes and didn't have that many taxes and Britain really wasn't doing them that hard, it's, it's safe to say if they weren't exporting and importing goods from Britain and from maybe France or Spain, I believe it would really not be profitable to Britain because their economy would not be helping the British one at all because they're not buying anything from them or selling anything to them 
So I feel like, yeah, that it's a core part of why America is probably important to Britain. All righty. All right, last question for this interview. Um, were the colonists justified in breaking away from Great Britain? Um, most colonists didn't actually want to break away from Great Britain. They were all they were all kind of like on the fence about it. They wanted to get back to the crown, really. Most colonists didn't even want to break away, but Thomas Paine sparked the revolution through his pamphlet and then went off to another country to do the exact same thing. But the colonists possibly were justified. Some of the reasons were very strange. Like They're having to pay taxes now because they were forced to, even though they should have already been, but they weren't. But other other spots, like since like the British doing the um, Boston Massacre on innocent colonists and uh, Britain forcing a lot more control on them through like, direct control of Boston and a couple other cities. That's definitely a good reason, but some of the other reasons they have are definitely more in Britain's favor. So it's kind of up to your own personal preference. And I believe we as Americans will most likely pick that we were justified just so we feel better about it. Oh, that's an interesting answer. I actually hadn't even thought about the uh, Boston Massacre when I thought about this question. Do you think that without it, um, the revolution could have like never started? I feel like it was one of the very, or the most important event through the American Revolution, not even counting all the battles they had or anything like that. I feel like it was basically probably the most important thing they had. I feel like it was a very big part of why the revolution started, but I feel like if you removed it, the revolution necessarily wouldn't end. It would just necessarily be a lot more slow. Probably, like, it would take at least, like, 50 more years or another tragic event like that to probably occur. Because the main thing, I think, was the pamphlet that went out. Right. Right. Thank you. And that concludes Matthew's interview. And now we're going to go over to my interview. <laughs> so, Emily... Uh, how do you think colonizers colonize, and why do you think it works? Um, first of all, I really take into account, um, when I think of colonization, like the people that were already on the land, the indigenous people. Yes. So, um, first, I believe they find the land to colonize, um, landing, like, by ship or traveling on foot, etc. And um, at first, they might have run out of resources. They might be innocent looking and poor. And so um, they first need to establish their health and themselves and shelter and all of that. And sometimes the indigenous people do help with that, just like the Americans. Um, just like the Americans were like poor and they really needed shelter and food. And so the indigenous Americans glad to help them and then they established treaties and all that but once uh, colonizers gained strength I believe they tried to take that power away from the indigenous people and establish the land as their own so and I think also like weapons are a really important role in um, colonization because oftentimes like the Spanish for instance um, the Spanish sailed over and they had all these guns and it was like it was different kind of weaponry and technology and it it proved harmful to the um, Native Americans and you know they would obviously 
get the consequences of using the weapon. So they would find that out. It would be bad. Do you think if indigenous people did not sign on these treaties and give the colonists all the stuff, they would have advanced as rapidly as they did? Sorry, could you repeat that? Do you think if the indigenous people uh, didn't give them these treaties and give them all these things, do you think they would have advanced as rapidly? Oh, I don't think so. Um, especially since um, all the events that happened before, like with the Americans, obviously, um, like the colonists and the American colonies, I don't think that America would have um, became America, like Great Britain's America, if um, if it weren't for the health of the indigenous people. But um, for like Spain, like when um, Christopher Columbus came over, I think that he may have been able to um, take over because I don't think his soldiers and uh, the people that were coming over were as like hungry and impoverished. So I think that since he came over and it was almost immediate the way he took over, that his um, colonization was probably going to be more successful. Okay. Good point. Well, Emily, can you explain why you think America became important to Britain? Um, I think America mainly became important to Britain because of uh, economic reasons. I think that Britain only started to focus their attention on the American colonies because of the colonists' movement west, which drained the um, Great Britain's pockets and from having to like protect them against multiple commands, like after multiple commands to stop moving west and they, you know, continued. Um, and Britain eventually had to focus more on keeping the American colonies in check and safe, and um, which escalated into the Revolutionary War. Do you think if the colonists didn't move west, it's a Revolutionary War, which still happened for a different reason, or? Um, I feel like it would eventually happen, yeah, because of, um, one, there is such a great distance between Great Britain and America that eventually Great Britain would probably remember, hey, we have America, whoops, forgot about that, you know, and, um, and America would eventually also see, like, their lack of um, representation in um, Parliament and would probably... Even if it was for lack of representation or for any other reason, would probably get mad and that would probably fuel it, you know? So, yeah. Well, Emily, do you think the colonists were justified in breaking away from Britain then? Um, partially. I believe that we were at least somewhat justified in breaking away from Great Britain because of our ideas of government at the time like how we wanted um, more freedom and the rights given to the people and all that. Um, the Founding Fathers had created a kingless government where uh, the people mostly could hold the power, which is something I believe was important in a government, and I think that was a good justification for breaking away. But also, I feel like we were in the wrong when we kept moving west and taking land that wasn't ours, and um, and kept getting into like wars and fights with the... Um, um, indigenous tribes that were located west and um, even though 
the um, Great Britain told us not to move west. So I guess American colonists weren't saints, but I wouldn't have our history any other way besides racist and sexist. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you think is, like, in your opinion, the biggest reason we were justified in breaking away? Um, I would say the biggest reason is our representation. Honestly, because it shapes the way that America is today. Like, what we have um, our state senators and representatives, like, they represent us and they're like trying to have the people's best interests, you know, instead of having just one king that rules over all and it's all tyranny, you know. So, I feel like that is our biggest justification. So, Matthew, how do you think indigenous people resist colonialism? Um, I think they use, like, tactics that are, like, because uh, they know the land better. They'll use, like, guerrilla tactics, essentially. They'll go around and they'll destroy things that the colonists bring and they'll kill colonists and all this kind of thing to violently resist them telling them, like, hey, this is our land here, you know? Yeah. Right. That sounds similar to what I would say, yeah. Matthew, can you identify and explain um, the interaction between different social groups in early America? Like, describe what life was like between the groups. Um, social groups as in, like, class distinctions or just different races or how um, would we go with it? Mostly, like, class distinctions. Or Okay, well, for the most part, most, if not all, colonists were mainly about the same class because this was really, really early in our history. Um, there's not really a huge class divider now, except maybe the church. But then again, there wasn't many churches there because it's all new currently, right? Yeah. But I feel like um, between the different social groups, they were infighting a little bit, but they were mainly focused on bettering the colony. So even though they were infighting, that was usually about matters regarding how the colony would stay afloat. Hmm. Do you think... Um if they worked, no, I don't know. Oh, I know. Um, did they have any like major conflicts with that between you know like the church people and? Um, I think like on the colonies itself, not really. I feel like the main goal of the colonies was to just be bigger have more land, have right. more space, more infrastructure, all this stuff, better the colony, essentially. I feel like maybe there should have been, there could have been some fights about it, but I feel like it's not going to be as big of a problem for uh, the colonists as some other people would have it, probably. Alrighty. So, Matthew, tell me, when do you think revolutions are justified? Um, I think if a government is being tyrannical or... You're not getting what you want out of them, which you want a fair system that is within their power and viable. I think then you should. But I think for some people, they just say the revolution word just all the time after everything they disagree with, even though they probably would never participate themselves and don't understand how much logistical effort it would take to start a revolution in a country. What do you think it takes to start a revolution? It takes, a, it takes a really good um, goal that most of the common people share. Like, 
uh, occupation of your country or like with America, um, tyrannicalism with uh, Great Britain and all that, it takes a lot of them to be have a goal. And also you have to drive them by motivating them through some way, propaganda, weapons, something that calls them to action. Otherwise, they're most likely just going to complain about it and not go to action with it. Hmm, interesting. Alrighty, and last question of this interview. Um, do you think the Pueblo Revolt was successful? I think it was successful for the time um, because in the time they did drive out the Spanish, got a bunch of killed a bunch of Spanish, drove them all out. And I think at the time, it was a huge victory for them. But after that, it kind of really collapsed on them. Right? Yeah. I feel like it completely um, collapsed on them in the end. But it was successful for the time being. So it's up to you if you want to say that they failed because they didn't complete it fully, or if they succeeded, because they did succeed originally. Oh, wow. All right. Interesting. All right, now we'll be switching over to Matthew asking me these same questions. Well, Emily, how do you think indigenous people resist colonialism bias or other people? Um, I think indigenous people resist colonialism by either fighting back or um, trying to create peace treaties. Because I know a lot of the uh, Native American tribes try to create peace treaties with, like, um, Americans, either with state or on the national level. But, um... Most fought back when the American colonists attempted to um, move west and usurp the land from the indigenous people. Well, do you think, well, how do you think indigenous people fought back specifically? Um, well, they might not have had, like, you know, American muskets or anything, but I'm pretty sure they had their own weapons. Like, they probably, like, I don't know specifically, but I'm pretty sure a lot of them, if they were on, like, some sort of hillside, they might have had bows like they used for, like, hunting and stuff, and they might have used that as, like, part of their defense. Or maybe they, like, had some sort of, like, sword-like thing. I don't know specifically what kind of weapons they used, but, um... I know that, you know, they defended themselves and tried to stop the Americans from coming over. So. Oh, well, Emily, could you identify, like, how social groups interacted in America? Like, what was life like between each group? How would they fight and stuff like that? Um... Honestly, before um, learning about this in class, I wanted to just say, like, there was the rich people, the middle class, and the slaves, but I have to break it into, like, five different categories now, so it's now, like, um, like white plantation owners that, um, they were very rich, owned land, um, they deal mainly with bankers, not, like, dealing with, but, like, they mostly signed with bankers because they had their best interest. But, um, and I think those two groups, the bankers and the um, planters, had a big hand in like creating the constitution because a lot of them were um, planters, baker, uh, bankers, lawyers, etc. Um, there was like the middle class, but it's not really middle class. It's just kind of like working class. So the workers and the farmers um they didn't live with like 
they live like maybe modest lives, but they probably they still had to work like you know for their dollar, and um, they weren't exactly rich, but um, most didn't own land, so they weren't able to like vote. And then um, slaves were like born into slavery, and um, they worked under very harsh conditions. So. <laughs> Um, I think the revolution I can talk. Revolutions are justified when the government cannot protect the people and um, they disregard their rights and or like deny the people proper representation because um, that's what you need to have a free and functioning country. But um, revolutions aren't justified when you just disagree with the government and their decisions, you know. So Emily, about this event called the Pueblo Revolt, do you think it was successful? Um, I think it was successful temporarily. Well, it's a little hard to say. Um, the Pueblo Revolt was like you know like the uprise of the indigenous people um, in Pueblo that resulted in the death of like 400 Spaniards and um, the expulsion of like 2,000 more. Um, so I guess it was like successful at the moment, but I don't think it was like successful long term because like the Spaniards were like still able to like colonize people. So all right, and and finally we're going to be transitioning to an academic discussion about how we see America.
All right. Well, um, that concludes our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.